podcast was brought to you by Business Radio, powered by Wharton, originally airing on Sirius XM. Hello and welcome back. I'm Harbir Singh, co-director of the Mac Institute and a professor of management. You're listening to Mastering Innovation on Sirius XM's Business Radio, powered by the Wharton School. I'm pleased to welcome to the show my next guest, Tanya Berman, Vice President at Mars Wrigley Confectionery U.S., Prior to her current role, she was senior brand, brand director for M&M's, one of my favorite candies, and also in charge of strategy, organization, and innovation. And previously before that, she was in charge of skincare and the group band, Global Brand Aid at Johnson & Johnson. So, Tanya, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you for having me. I'm delighted to be here. So, uh, you've been working with many innovative products and some really big brands, uh, I, I think you may have heard in the lead-in to the show that uh, many consumer product companies are facing sort of a redefinition of how to invest in brands and maybe build the next generation while still being somehow efficient. Can you speak to that? Oh, absolutely. I think, you know, one of the keys to staying relevant with our with our brands and our consumers is to be very reactive to what they're looking for. So when you think about... Um, consumers today, they're looking for new innovations, they're looking for variety, particularly mm-hmm. in, the, in the candies that we're in, like M&M's and Snickers. They're looking for new tastes and new textures. So um, innovation's a big piece of how we drive our business forward. Mm-hmm. Always when we um, bring innovation to market, it's also another opportunity for our consumers to um, re-engage and, and reawaken their love for our, our biggest bestsellers. So if you think about it, we recently launched um, M&M's chocolate bars, big tablet bars, and we, we launched it with a new ad on the Super Bowl. But at the same time, when we promote them in the stores, they're also seeing our M&M's milk chocolate and peanut and our caramel that we launched last year. And, and I think it's just a great way to bring consumers into the business. Yeah. And, also create that excitement and engagement that they're looking for. Very interesting. So part of what you're saying is that uh, we somehow have to have always some new versions of products or new products while uh, sort of keeping the existing brands, the dominant brands, fresh and available. So it's really a balance between exploring new areas and enhancing value from existing areas. Absolutely. When you look across almost actually every category that I've competed in and every brand that I've worked on, consumers always love their favorites. They don't want you to change their favorites. So Mm -hmm. um, if I ever was going to say I'm not doing M&M's peanut, I'm sure I would get many angry letters. But at Mm -hmm. the same time, they want something new and interesting and exciting and variety, especially with their taste. Um, if you think about it, there, there's always new things in the marketplace. So we tend to take things that are on trend from other places in, whether it's in food or in other um, outlets, like we see in um, Whole Foods. We saw a lot with nut butters exploding, and then we launched our, our Snickers Creamy Nut Butters. So, mm-hmm. um, oh, yes, very interesting. Interest for the, the consumer and that engagement that, yes, I have my classic. Snickers that I love, and I always want that. Right. But I also want to try something new and fun. Hmm. And uh, and so what you're really talking about is, and in fact, that leads me to sort of a broader trend. Uh, and before that, I'm just going to quickly uh, remind our, new, uh, use, our listeners that you're, uh, you're listening to Mastering Innovation on Business Radio, powered by the Wharton School. 
I'm Harbir Singh, and my guest is Tanya Berman from M&M Mars Wrigley Company. And um, coming back to you, Tanya, the, the point I was thinking about was a trend towards organic uh, foods and how, you know, people are thinking about processed foods and there's some, you know, there, there's an interesting tension where uh, the existing brands could, of course, be reformulated, but do people have a perception issue with respect to new and organic brands or new and organic products? And I, th- others. I think when you talk to um, any consumer, you know, they always are balancing their lifestyle. So they're looking for um, their their candy to be their candy. So they're always looking for a treat where we don't want to reinvent our classic treat. But at the same time, they have a balance of what they're looking for. And they're always interested in new ingredients you know, organic ingredients and other approaches. So when I when we think about it, even as we launch our creamy Snickers um, this year, it's much more in the trend of those nut butters and a pure kind of um, peanut formulation. And uh, so I think that it, it's really about providing consumers with a choice. So can you walk us through just the highlights of the innovation process around the nut butter product? I mean, what does it take to get there? Well, to be honest, we have a huge amount of experts in our R&D facilities. We also have consumer insights that we marry up. We talk to different consumer groups. We also have consumers that write to us all the time through our social channels. And um, one of the areas that Snickers has always been known for is being like that pack full of nuts and having that purity and that um, ingredient, and yet when you look at what's going on in the marketplace, you can see that there are new ways to eat nuts. Mm-hmm. And so the, the creaminess, so almost if you think about how it is in a peanut butter aisle, you have crunchy peanut butter, and you have smooth peanut butter or creamy peanut butter. So mm-hmm. it's really now allowing our consumer to have a classic Snickers and a creamy Snickers. So we're, we're very excited about it, and it's really the marriage of that consumer journey as well as our R&D development. So as you look at your innovation dollars that you might spend uh, as a percentage of uh, revenue, uh, has it been rising or or falling or about the same? And and approximately how much goes into innovation? I'm not sure that I could quantify that from, you know, as we look at our experience that we develop for our brands, what we put into innovation versus what we look at as the total brand experience. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sure I could follow up and get more information for you. But for for um, the way we think about going to the market and bringing innovation to the market, it's always about the total brand mm-hmm. and how the complement is between driving the innovation and also, as I said, reintroducing consumers to our core brands. So, uh, and one of the other things that I've noticed is that sugar is now being seen as, you know, a big health uh, problem, uh, contributed to health issues. Um, how do you handle those kinds of questions? I know that many of the consumers are looking for a sweet uh, candy, so this may be sort of, uh, I don't know how uh, how much consumers who actually buy these and, and have them are thinking about sugar, but this is sort of a broader discussion these days. Yeah, I think, look, um, consumers, as I said, health and wellness is important to every consumer and their lifestyle. However, um, as you said, 
really when they're buying our products, when they're buying a candy, it's a treat. It's mm-hmm. not a meal replacement. And so we're very transparent in our labeling. We've been committed to our labeling for quite a long time. In fact, we were some of the first in the industry to put on our labels clear um you know, what, what's in the ingredients as well as content. So I think, again, for the most part, when our consumers are buying this, it's a treat or a reward for themselves. Very interesting. Yeah, and I agree with that. But it's, it's sort of, I'm curious. So I think what you're saying is, or what I'm hearing is, that even though there's a lot of talk about uh, sugar, and of course there are other forms of sweetening that one can put in, but... Um, there's a the segment that is buying these products is well aware of that through your labeling, and there's a certain percentage, and it's not necessarily declining. Yeah, no, I think the candy category is a vibrant category, and consumers are always their their balance, their diets. They look at it as a treat. We they firmly identify that candy is a treat or a reward for themselves, and. Um, we we never promote in any way that it's anything other than a treat. No, no, I, I, I'm sure you don't. I, I mean, it would not be, I agree with that. Let me ask you a different question. So, um, you know, it, Mars is very, very strong in the U.S. It's a wonderful uh, success story. Uh, when you look overseas, uh, there are many places where Mars is very strong, but in some places there's probably variation. I can think about Cadbury's being very strong, for example, in the U.K., uh, and it's not necessarily in the same segment. Um, how do you think about globalizing the great success? And you're already do, already doing that. But how much? How do you? Where do you modify and where do you standardize? Yeah, uh, Mars is a, a very strong global confectionery company, and in fact, you know, many of our brands are in the top one, two, and three in almost everywhere around the world. Um, however, as the question I think you're you're really trying to get at it around is around the innovation and really when you have a, a universal insight or you have universal partitions, most of our innovation travels everywhere. There's always some flavors I would say that are more customized or more particular. So maybe in one market dark chocolate's more preferred to milk chocolate. But um, M&M's is M&M's everywhere in the world, and it's the number one brand globally. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. The, uh, you know, most of our products are, are fairly universal because consumers are looking for um, that delicious candy treat. However, as I said, sometimes there's one flavor profile that's stronger than another in different countries. So as you look at, um, you know, growth for Mars, if it's already so you know, so so strong and number one in so many areas, then what's the next sort of horizon of growth? There's always opportunities, even across our portfolio. So M&M's is one of our largest brands. Snickers is certainly a, a very predominant brand across the world. But we have many brands that are in different states of development in different countries. And there's always opportunities even within the category when you look at innovation, for instance, as we were talking today. Um, this year, even in the U.S., when we launched the M&M's tablet bar, we really hadn't been in that part of the marketplace. So it's a very big opportunity for us. So different markets do sometimes have different development and different, you know, with different candies. So tell me, uh, just sort of, uh, let's take that chocolate bar example. Um, How do you kind of, uh, since this show is about innovation, what I'm trying to get at is, how do you test these products? How do you limit, you know, how do you limit the risk 
that doesn't work, uh, you know, because ultimately innovation has some risk. You know, you can always look at the end and say it's not risky, but how do you contain risk in new product innovation? Yeah, I, to your point, I think, you know, new products often have risk. The way you mitigate your risk is that you do your testing up front with consumers to validate the desirability. You know, we, we will look at it from a concept idea as well as when we actually have products, you know, consumers can taste the product. Mm-hmm. We often have consumers that also will write into us um, and request products. We don't do every request or we'd have a probably a trillion flavors. But there's often things that you can see also that are, you know, bubbling trends in the marketplace. So as you go from concept to, let's say, product, you know, you have, uh, you know, is there a window? Is there like a period that you have where you try a concept and then drop it? Or uh, are there guidelines that you use? Well, we always look at desirability. I mean, when you're launching something new, you want people to taste them and be like, yum, that's delicious. That's the best thing I've ever had. Um, and I, I think, you know, when you look at the brands, there's often, you know, a lot that they're looking for from us in terms of flavor, variance, and variety. So if you think about M&M's, that's what part of what it's known for is creating that colorful fun and having different kinds of tastes and flavors. So um, we do always, you know, validate that it's something that's delicious and desirable. Well, Tanya, thank you so much for joining us today. It's been wonderful. Thanks so much. Thank you very much. For more insight from Business Radio, please visit businessradio.wharton.upenn.edu.